Hello, and welcome to Skeptic Hangout, the place where we sit back, relax, and chit-chat about intriguing and sometimes controversial topics through the lens of skepticism. We are Laura, Richard, and Richard, and today we are discussing sex ed. So grab your English tea or your chai tea brevet and join us as we talk about what to tell our kids about the birds and the bees and when. This is episode 62, Sex Ed. So this is a, I love how we all just jumped on it. That was great. Best <laughs> intro ever. Like, this is going to be a really interesting topic. And Mark's gonna say, uh, mine was nothing about sex ed. I just want to know what... Gil is drinking because that looks enormously pale for tea. No, right. So tea needs a good amount of milk in it. It's, it's tea. milk it's with a hint tea. of tea. It's tea flavored milk. I, I'm going to have a Yorkshire dispute here. Maybe I mis- misjudged the level of milk because the mug is quite big. I, I, I'm suspecting. I'm, suspect, yeah. I'm suspecting now that Gil puts his milk in last. Obviously. Milk last. Yeah. How else? What? Yeah. Milk last. <laughs> no, uh, no <laughs> I put my milk in first. See, right. and then put hot water on top of the milk. Can there you remove Jennifer from the meeting, please? We've just there changed actually... the topic of the show from sex ed to tea. <laughs> There's a history to this because when 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 rich people in the past drank tea, they had fine china. So to to prevent it cracking, they put the milk in first, mm-hmm. and then they put the hot water in. So that proves so prevent- that proves that that's an inferior way of making tea. That that's just no the no, no no no. Well, that, that and it's pompous. That I am superior to you two. That is all <laughs> yeah, that proves. Pompous. There you go. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> See, so my my first interjection was going to be. What on earth have birds and bees got? Why do we say birds and bees? Is that I, I have no idea. Know? It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's a terrible, a terrible example, especially because like birds and bees don't do things the way that humans do. So yeah, no, I don't understand. Um is it a I pollination think... metaphor? Is that what's going on, maybe? A what metaphor? A pollination metaphor. Yeah, something like let's remove <laughs> sex and the talk of sex as far from the actual visual image of what sex is as possible right so instead of like let's talk about reproduction it's let's talk about the birds and the bees because nobody ever thinks about birds and or bees while they're talking about or engaging in sex so i think especially engaging in what's that especially engaging engaging in in it if you do no no judgment but um i really think that it it kind of speaks to that like separation that we have in our culture away from sex as being like this evil weird sort of taboo thing done in the bedroom let's not talk about it um let's make it so innocuous that um it can't possibly like it's an easy way to to talk about it in front of little kids i think it's ridiculous let let's start there then because i remember when i was uh and the fact that i can remember is somewhat a minor miracle in itself um but i remember in about 1983 ish we were we weren't learning about sex at school because we were far too young to learn about such things when I was five years old. Um, but we 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 were doing about the human body, 
And we had to draw a human person on several sheets of paper, to a life-size representation of a human. And each person was given a different body part to draw. Which and for some reason, Which did for some reason, I ended up with the male organ, uh, uh-huh. the male sexual organ. I don't know why, um, but that that was just the part allocated. A to teacher, me. a teacher who knows you very well. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> "I know who gets this part." <laughs> and we, it elicited lots of laughs, even at five years old. Yeah, people were kind of already indoctrinated into think that the, the idea that this thing was somewhat abnormal or you, mm-hmm. we shouldn't talk about it and 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 it wasn't anything to do with sex it was literally just the organ Human itself anatomy. Yeah. yeah yeah and and that struck me that's always stayed with me even 40 years later that stays with me that uh, at, at that time Talking about sex or even sexual organs was, was kind of a taboo thing. Yeah, yeah. So kids are sponges. They're soaking in a ton in their first few years of life. So by five years old, they've already learned so much more than we can even like fathom, right? I would, I would even go so far as to say we learn more during that period of time than we do as adults. I think we do very little learning from, from day to day, right? Like we get, we get sort of set like, hey, we got this. We might learn a little bit here and there, but. Um, they are constantly learning. And so we have this one thing that we don't put in front of them. When we do put it in front of them, we, we make it sort of like hush, hush or taboo, like saying things like calling it your pee pee or whatever, like, oh, you know, like, um, do you need to go to the potty? Make sure you wipe your pee pee, right. Or whatever. And it's like, you don't use appropriate terms. Um, little kids like to be naked and they like to flash. They like to play with their clothes. And so you have that like two-year-old in the park and she like pulls her dress up and she's just like having fun. She has no idea. It's freaking cloth, right? There's no sexual intention there whatsoever but she's just kind of like being a two-year-old and then what does mom do no 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 no. put your dress down put your dress down cover up your pee-pee right and so yeah never never arrive at my house and announce give me at least three minutes notice in order to dress all of my children <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that, uh, on, on that subject though that that's one thing we me and my wife have never done we've never we've never kind of abbreviated or or come up with You've like childish needs for the sexual organs and and i don't know whether that's because um, my wife works in uh i don't want to shove too many details out there but she works in uh, a difficult school where kind of kids have been excluded from mainstream schools and put in there and often these people have been abused or and and or got kind of uh histories yeah histories or or difficulties with with kind of grasping concepts and learning things and she has always insisted on using appropriate terms the proper terms so she'll call a a penis a penis she'll call a vagina a vagina Mm -hmm. and and i admit myself uh that i sometimes i'm like around my kids i'm like oh fool fool I've what about your food? But quite similar to like hoo-ha or something. I don't know. Uh, 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 something like that. That I'm, I'm kind of more, more prudish about it. But my wife's very, very much like, no, that's your penis, that's your vagina. You know, you, yeah, you've got to be responsible with it. And my daughter's a, a, a an absolute nightmare for exposing herself. 
She, I'm sure she does it just to kind of get shouted at sometimes yeah. for doing it because she, she does it. Well, especially if she's a little bit rebellious <laughs> and she already knows how taboo it is. It could be like, a, oh, you yeah. know, it's so taboo. And, yeah. And, and she's like, she she's no problem with it. And like my wife's just like, no, you shouldn't be showing your vagina to people. You should, you know, it's part of you. It, it's your anatomy. You, 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 you're responsible for it and you and she talks in a really adult way to me daughter who was six That's good. and yeah. and i'm i'm not like i'm i'm kind of like no don't show people that no and like know, it kind of I've, I've, I've got i'm like that older generation world. yeah we've got a mixture whereas we we do use the word willer but all of i mean my youngest is only three so so doesn't necessarily yeah but like they all know the proper terms for all of those things. But it's interesting how, like, even words like, like, if I was out on the street and heard someone use the word vagina, it would st- stand out to me as, as like, oh gosh, you don't hear people saying that word out loud, like in just sort of that, casual yeah. situation. You don't hear people saying the word penis. Um, but those are the words for those parts. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's the same as saying arm or knee. you know on paper yeah that's exactly how i taught my kids i'm like saying penis is no different than saying elbow so it's no big deal right um or when they would start to get like inappropriate on purpose around like four or five where they were like starting to joke about like each other's genitalia or whatever i would be like you're not joking about your elbow why is that funny why is your penis more funny than your elbow right no sorry laura penises are inherently more funny than elbows they are but (laughs) especially my penis yeah but the idea was to sort of desensitize them as like five-year-olds like okay i'm sick of hearing this penis joke why is that funny why is your elbow not funny right the idea was like to to de-taboo it to get it normal like i mean you you have different body parts they have different like the end kids laugh at like poop jokes right and it's like everybody poops right and so on the one hand, there is that room for like flexibility of like, yeah, it's kind of funny. But on the other hand, when we make it like, oh, shh, no, don't talk about that. Or don't use that word. Like that's just it. It really makes when kids do have to talk about it. Like I just like fell off my bike and hit my penis. Right. Like now they can't talk about it or they're embarrassed about it and they won't talk like my son. Like he's so used to hearing proper terms that he'll be like. And sometimes he gets inappropriate with Dick because he's got older brothers. Right. Oh, I fell off the 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 um my bike and I hit my penis or I hit my, he usually says hit my dick. And I'm like, Caleb, be at least a little bit appropriate. Right. But, um, cause people around you don't like to hear it, but it gets really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable for kids when you don't use that language in everyday speak and you make mm-hmm. it like taboo and like, Shh, don't talk about that. Don't joke about that. That joke's inappropriate. Right. It gets to the point where, um, when they do need to talk about it, that they're not able to, or they're really uncomfortable. You know, then going to a doctor, if you've got a problem with something becomes a much bigger deal because yeah. you can't tell the doctor what the problem is yeah that, that's that that's really interesting and 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 the word taboo itself I'm, I'm glad you brought that up Laurie because I think I think that 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 word is going to feature in a lot about what we're talking about I think so yeah and, and this episode regarding kind of sex ed and stuff because it, it is there were still so many sectors in society that view not just one thing, not just the naming of the anatomy, but so many different areas of sex and sexual exploration and sexual knowledge as taboo. Mm-hmm. And and that's very, very important that, 
that kind of those things in sex education are dealt with. It's really yeah. difficult issue to, I think, a different. So, like, some people would view discussing the existence of homosexuality, for example, as being like an age specific subject. Right. So, like, oh no, those children are far too young to be hearing about the existence of homosexuality. Right. But homosexuality. And, and just, sorry, I just, on, on that subject, I need to interrupt because that is actually a big thing in, in some American states. Mm-hmm. Right now. Yeah. Where, it's very where, relevant. You know, the, the, the kind of don't say gay movement, yeah. which, is, yeah. which is out. It's erasure. Yeah. It's, it's pretending yeah. that the people don't exist in the hopes that they'll just go away or that they won't have to deal with it until the child is older or whatever. And that's, it's absolutely disgusting. But yeah. Anyway, it, I feel like and, it, and it, you know, like then trying to justify, well, no, this isn't an age appropriate. It's not a question of age appropriateness. Whereas these other things are a case of age appropriateness. It then becomes just a much stickier conversation to have, doesn't it? Like, certainly, say my middle child, he's in, he's five and he's got um, uh, a friend in his class with two mums, you know, that hasn't like to his knowledge of that has not turned him into some sexual beast that then do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exposing that, people to a concept or an idea doesn't change their inner like drives or 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 who they are. No, and yeah. and it kind of gives this impression as well of like so if people are arguing against you know discussing these ideas with young children, it kind of assumes a few things, I guess. firstly that talking about homosexuality and I know we're talking about homosexuality as the example here encourages people to be homosexual which is a nonsensical concept absolutely nonsense um and that not talking about it would therefore stop it which is nonsensical um because there's that it's like people are who they are regardless of whether you talk about it or not it's just if you don't talk about it it makes people's lives incredibly difficult Very because difficult. they either can't accept to the people for who they are or can't accept themselves for who they are which i imagine is the most terrible thing <laughs> to live through and yeah it baffles me it, it's just not a, it's it's one of those there are things which i believe that my five-year-old probably shouldn't be talking about at the moment because he's five potentially and that's just absolutely not even in the ballpark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I heard like the argument that I hear going around that I really, really like is like, you know, um, gay kids for years and years and years have been exposed to straight culture just shoved down their throat, right? Like reading books about mommy and daddy, male, female, sis, this, sis, yeah. that, like just everything is like this sort of um, uh, picture of straight cis people, right? And they're still, they're still gay we still have our sexualities no matter what other culture we're, we're exposed to. So exposing a straight child to the, the example I, I saw most recently was the book with the two, the two male penguins raising the penguin baby, which I think is a freaking phenomenal idea. And I kind of want to buy the book, even though I don't have children that are that young anymore, but um, like that exposing them to that book at all would, would somehow magically make them gay. And I, I think that that, if, if we're talking about like, reasons for sex education to be important it's it's one of many 
reasons, but it's important. Like that is a big reason why good comprehensive sex education is so important because why do we even have it in our minds that our sexuality is that fickle, right? Like it, it's just not, it's not the way it works. Cause I'm, I'm very, very happy at the moment that my, my, uh, I'm, I'm very happy and very privileged that my best friend, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on one of the shows, is, is a gay woman. Mm-hmm. And she's also the godmother to my son. And uh, she's, she's, they, they've grown up, both my son and daughter, who were six and nine years old. Yeah. Don't even question sexuality. It's not a thing. And they shouldn't they have know. to. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly the point. And that's why I'm privileged. Because they've grown up, they've grown up knowing that Auntie Zoe is getting married to Auntie Mel. And, that's and it's cool. not even a thing. It's no different to Daddy being married to Mummy. And that is why I'm privileged because there is some areas. I was going to say some people, more correctly, some areas, some countries even, where that would be so taboo that it, it would be kind of uh, punishable in yeah. law. Yeah. And that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It's not just ridiculous. It's a human rights thing. Like it's, it's insidious. It's, it's like actually harmful. And like, okay, so you have um, models that are demonstrated to kids through media or books or whatever. And um, like the, the positives of modeling different types of family structures, different sexualities, different genders is that you now have people that are well-educated. They understand other people better. They can be more empathetic they can examine themselves more truly. Like I can think, okay, so what is my sexuality? Or, or I can think like, oh, I've never heard that term before. Wow, I think that might actually apply to me, right? And you can have this sort of inner, inner dialogue that's not um, who am I, what am I, why am I so different from everybody else? Um, I'm a bad person or I'm, I'm disgusting. You can have that, that inner dialogue of, wow, I get to explore myself and I can understand what I'm thinking and feeling a little bit better. Um, and then you have other people who are exposed to it who can just understand other people better. Right. And so what I think this really like liberal open sex education uh, age appropriate, I do want to say like, there's, there's certain things you don't need to expose like a three-year-old kid to. Right. But um, when you talk about sexuality specifically, having it be just an everyday part of your experience, not only makes people who aren't following those specific sexuality models um, more empathetic, but it shows kids who are living under those, those like a mom-mom um, family structure, it shows them media and books and other families that like, oh, that's like my family. When everything is like a mom is a female and a dad is a male and they, they look like this and they talk like that and they play these gender roles. Um, many children's, it's not even about that child's individual sexuality. It's that their family structure isn't being validated like it's not being modeled for them they their their family structure is now different weird unusual you know when in fact it's not they just don't have exposure you know yeah so i think it can only do good to expose kids to the ideas of different sexualities you don't have to go into freaking sexual positions with a five-year-old kid to explain that a guy (laughs) could be married to a guy you don't like no you know what i'm saying it doesn't have to be about sex (laughs) 
And, and to understand that sexuality is a spectrum and it's okay to be anywhere on that spectrum. I'm, 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 I'm just, I genuinely, I'm just a straight guy. I have fancy women. I've never looked at a man and thought, fancy a bit of that. But I'd never be, I wouldn't be object if that thought came up in my head. But I've got friends who, who are, I've got friends who are, who are women who are married to men and totally dedicated to that one person. And, but have said, you know, if ever I got divorced or if ever anything happened to my husband, I wouldn't discount going with a woman because I'm attracted to a oh. range of people. Yeah. And that's absolutely, that's just normal. That is normality. Yeah. Oh, those kinds of myths, like dispelling those myths early that like you can, and it sounds so simple. You can be bisexual and married to someone of the opposite sex, right? That's that's kind of where I I identify right now. So I'm attracted to both types. Like gender has very little to do with it. It has a lot more to do with personality and and um, who the person is, and that's fine. Like I don't have to ever experience a specific kind of a relationship to know, or or I don't have to like now go get divorced or or change like how I do business <laughs> to yeah. know that that um, the possibility of attraction to both sexes is there, and I'm fine with that. And if you expose kids to that concept earlier on not the idea of like i said not the what sex is happening in the bedroom yeah. but what your feelings mean and that they're validated and like you said the the idea that they could be on a spectrum so the first time like maybe a, a young girl finds that she's attracted to a girl if she gets programmed to think that oh that means the only thing i can be is a lesbian that too can be yeah. harmful right yeah. so so for her to have the and not that there's anything wrong with being just a lesbian, but that that might not be her full sexuality, right? And she might have a lot more conflict if she feels like she has to pick one over the other instead of just exploring like who am I attracted to under what circumstances, and how can I turn whatever that attraction is into a healthy relationship? Because that's really what's important. Yeah, and that that's why that's why the term normalizing mm-hmm. comes comes in so importantly. Because we've we've got to normalize that, and and this is why it's so important. Because it is normal for me being a straight guy, just to, or if you're a straight lady, uh, or if you're a straight non-binary, mm-hmm. it, if that's a thing, I don't. And this is where education comes in because I don't even know when we're talking about this. Yeah. I, I, it's, and it, and it's I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, this is where education is so important. And this is exactly what we're talking about, sex education. And we need to get these concepts across. I'm an old guy. I don't expect to understand all this. When I was at school, we weren't taught anything. Yeah. You know, and I'm learning as I go along. And this is why it's so important to teach young people while they're young so they do know. And they yeah. do understand, and they ca- they don't make mistakes, and they don't trip over things, because sexuality and gender identity it, it should be normal, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be a case of you you're walking along and you're tripping over your words and you don't understand it. It should be a case of you taught it in school. And you you go through life, and then you experiment who you are freely, without prejudice. I and that's love that. The key. Yeah, I love where you say experiment, um, because like I I, so I have friends that have teenage kids too, 
Um, and one of my friends had a daughter who started, you know, she hit puberty and she started questioning, like, am I, am I a she, am I a they, am I a he, who am I, am I straight, am I, am I bi? Like she was just really going through a lot of, and her parents are very kind of like conservative Christian. And there was a lot of fear in her mom. And like, I, I want to tell her that like, I accept her forever who she is, but I don't agree with it. And like, I had a lot of conversations with her mom about language and like, no, 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 no. Like, when you say I don't agree with, say, being um, non-binary, you're invalidating your daughter. Like, yeah. keep your 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 agreement, disagreement to yourself and allow her to explore. Like, And she would say things like, I think it's just a phase and she's just trying to pick up this trend. I don't think she's really non-binary. And I'm like, that's not for you to determine. And if she determines that, if she's like, wow, I'm, I'm seeing other people model it and and I want to explore, is this who I am or not? Do I feel feminine? Maybe sometimes I don't. Can I, can I kind of explore whether or not I'm, I'm feminine, but not always, or if I, I really am non-binary, like let her go in and out of that phase, but let it be her decision. And the fact that we have people out there still who are so shocked or uncomfortable with the idea of their kids exploring, it's like they, they want their child to know right off the bat. And then they want to be able to combat whatever it is. Like, I want you to know, are you gay or straight right now? And then if you're gay, I want to be able to talk to you about it. Right. Instead of like, where's that pressure coming from? Allow the child to say that they're gay maybe. And like, cause they've had a couple of maybe attraction moments and then maybe they determine no action. I'm bi or, or, you know what that passed. I just don't have those, those feelings of attraction anymore. Maybe I am straight. Like who, who cares? Let the person explore because you're creating more angst and more confusion by saying, Oh, this is just a phrase, play, uh, a phase that you're going through. You'll get over it. Right. Like now you're, you're putting pressure on that child to feel a certain way. One of the things I think yeah. that's, difficult about this whole sort of topic generally is the word education because as soon as you start sort of deciding well and I agree with what you're saying Joe in terms of like people need educating on these things you've got to have it in a sort of standardized sort of package that you can deliver so that it's the same sort of message I guess and then if you're deciding on a message that you're giving then you that automatically has an agenda behind it uh, for for good and bad, you know, and uh, it then gets to you know our understanding of all these issues is changing all the time. So then people need training on how to talk about these things, and it becomes a really difficult, big, massive thing to then manage and in, and engage with. Um, I, I can appreciate that, but I also come from the kind of perspective of allow all freedoms and limit yeah. them as problems come along, rather than limiting freedoms to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of leads into what I think is the most important sort of meaty part of this conversation that I think we've kind of danced around. And I don't necessarily know that it was deliberate because I really do think that like in terms of sexuality and gender, those are things that are all important to all three of us. We talk a lot about it. So it's natural to fall into that conversation. But sex ed really at the end of the day is about sex. And so I wanted to spend the last few minutes um, delving into what you guys think about age appropriateness in terms of teaching actual details whether it's about sexual like body parts or whether it's about sex itself or anything surrounding sex um what you guys think is age appropriate or or how it should be taught um but i want to throw it out there before i let you guys talk that this is a big subject and it's super controversial so if you're listening jump on our facebook page and continue that same conversation with us um put your feelings out there even if you vehemently disagree with our opinions about sex education put it out there because i'd rather have the conversation and discuss it, then make it something that we have to like hide like our own personal opinions about and not discuss. And 
let's get it out there and let's open up some some conversation about it um so yeah and that I'd I'd like Gil to start because I feel kind of like we've steamrolled it, steamrolled him a lot of this conversation, and he's not had much opportunity to. No, speak. Well, I mean, sure. <laughs> obviously, I've talked about the fact that I'm a teacher before, um, and it it is in the UK called Sex and Relationships Education. So a lot of what we've been talking about has been pertinent to that sort of area, yeah. um, specifically. Um, yeah, and obviously, it's linked in a lot of those sorts of sex bits are linked in with discussions around puberty and changes in people's bodies and and all of that and I remember even uh, this is not answering the, the question you asked a second ago uh, Miggy but like when I was at school there was a when we got to those uh, specific lessons when I was in year six in primary school we got put into a boys room and a girls room so the boys could talk about all the boys stuff and the girls could talk about all the girls stuff but I always desperately wanted to know what the girls were talking about and all the girls desperately wanted to know what the boys were talking about because actually it's kind of almost more important to know the other side of it because I'd have had experience of what I was going through and yeah, I need questions answering, but like all of it is relevant to everybody regardless of what bits and pieces we've got. Um, it's totally relevant. Yeah, totally like... relevant. So, and one of the things that really pains me is the fact that that element of education is optional in the UK parents have the right to um remove their children from those lessons um and it is usually through religious relief region reasons so they do so as well the kids who need to hear it the most are the ones that are missing it and that to me is really really unfortunate yeah Yeah. um it's the same in the United States where you can opt in or opt out um but one thing that like scares me is abstinence only sex education and I'm, I'm pretty vehemently against it and it sounds like when, when you hear me say that it sounds like oh so you're pro teenagers having sex it's like no, no but I'm pro teenagers getting information from good valid sources and not getting information from their friends or YouTube right? I'm absolutely pro teenagers having sex because when you get to a certain age teenagers don't just fucking all it all age at the same time at the same yeah. rate and yeah. you know the earlier they can, you know, teach them young in school, teach them about what choices there are and what, what you know, when to say no, which is vitally important. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. And, and, and boundaries. And then, you know, let them experiment. No, I like let that. You're right. Like... Because there's a, there's a fucking vast difference between a 13 and a 14-year-old experimenting with each other. And a thirteen-year-old having a relationship with a forty-eight-year-old, right? And 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 right. and the law doesn't dis- tend to distinguish between that. And, yeah, and no, no, that's I need vitally important. I need to qualify that because you're absolutely right. What I what I mean is like um, when I say I'm not I'm not pro like teenagers go out and have sex. Absolutely. What I what I am is um, what I am trying to say is that that shouldn't be the place where they're learning about sex. Yeah. I mean, sure. They're going to learn a little Absolutely. bit in terms of like yeah. the actual physical expression of it or exploration of it. Like, sure. You're, you're not going to have like demonstrations of sex in a sex ed classroom, but they should have really solid information about what to expect about what it looks like. I, I really think that things get really taboo, like oral and anal sex, for example. Um, if we can't talk to young kids about it, it becomes dirty. It becomes shameful. It becomes horrible. And they're going to go do it anyway. And then they're going to feel horrible and nasty about it. And chances are they're going to do it wrong, right? Where they can actually hurt themselves, get sick, get infections, that kind of stuff. So if you know that like, 
a certain percentage of the teens are because there are teens that hold off great good for them um i wasn't one of them that's fine but if if you know that like a good chunk of the teens are gonna have sex anyway pushing an abstinence only education isn't going to change that it doesn't make sense but what it is going to do is make it harder for them to access good information yeah so um, i was probably the only parent of the four of us that when um and actually i I can't say that for sure but i do know that for sure the other set of parents were really against it when when our oldest son um had sex with his girlfriend and his mom found out about it and her parents found out about it it became a huge dramatic big thing and i was the only one who texted him and said you know what? You're mature. You're making decisions. And I'm proud of you. And he goes, well, I'm not proud of myself. And I said, I'm not proud of you specifically for having had sex. I'm proud of you that you are a young adult who's making decisions on his own and is learning and exploring himself. Right. Like you, you didn't do something bad, horrible, dirty, like, like you're being told that you, you did like you, you yeah. you're a teen, you're a human and, and you're fine. And I said, and oh, so I, I didn't lose any the, respect for you. To the last minute of the show. Okay. So I need to dash, but you two um, absolutely carry on. Uh, it's been a great conversation, so I'll see you both. Later. Awesome, so we'll see you next time. It was really good to have you on this this episode. So uh, we, we've lost Gil, unfortunately. It, it's been great having him back and having him to speak to us for the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's been sorely missed by me and Laura. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so, our dynamics work best with the three of us, so it was really, really refreshing to have him back on. Not that I don't love you to death, but, um, but yeah, it is nice to have that third voice to sort of interject and stop us from our rambling. <laughs> <laughs> we are coming to the end, but I wanted to extend it just a little further so we could finish making our points because I think we all agree that like this is an important conversation. We were talking a kind of about consent and, and age appropriateness and, and all of that. And I do think it's very important for people, uh, young people, who have got because we've kind of talked about young kids already yeah so to get to get to teenagers who are ready to kind of experiment and who are in that stage where the i i remember i'm remembering back to my my school days when i was there and in in those days the kind of our sex education was kind of put a condom on and that was pretty that much was it, it. <laughs> and, and wow and when I think back to, and this is kind of really shameful to admit <laughs> that, and no, it, it's shameful and it, it's something that's vitally, actually vitally important to kind of get into. That I kind of got my sex education through listening to Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and LA Guns and bands like that. But I think that. that's really, really oh, common. Very misogynistic mis- mis- and had no respect yeah. for women whatsoever. And but that was my sex education because I didn't have any at school. But that's true. No, so sex education that comes through Playboy, that comes through just watching porns, that comes through your teenage buddies, all of that ends up being misogynistic because all of that is geared towards the the woman is like this beautiful, gorgeous like repository for my penis, right? Like it's it's yeah. it, it really dehumanizes the woman when you learn about how a woman actually looks by looking at just a Playboy magazine. And I am not against um, pornographic materials of any kind, as long as the, the, the models and the people participating are 100% consensual. I have no problem with them. I do have a problem with those being the way that young boys learn about sex. And that's the conversation that I have with my teens about, about pornography is like, look, if you're going to go do it behind all of our backs, like we can't stop you because we're not going to know about it but you're not going to get a very good idea of what sex actually looks like and what a relationship actually looks like 
And so you're right, not just about like the guns and roses and stuff, but about the other ways in which boys digest um, sexual exploration or, or like their exposure to sex right off the bat as teenagers. Um, if they're not learning it through a classroom or through conversations or through real like learning, then they're learning it through Playboy and through um, yeah. finding porn on the internet or what their buddies say about like their experiences with this hot chick or that hot chick or whatever. Um, or what they just kind of bumble Which is into. always exaggerated, by the way. As a, Probably. Being a yeah. teenage boy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's, it's really many years ago. You're going to perpetuate <laughs> bad behaviors if, yeah. if you're learning bad behaviors like that, right? And um, yeah, so I think that it's it's not about, um, oh, we should, and, and actually it sort of is. I think sex should be more promoted. We have a very, very sex-obsessed culture. And I wanted to say this kind of in the beginning um, but we kind of got off off track, but we're very sex obsessed in a way that's very negative, very taboo, very destructive, rather than very expressive and very like sex is awesome. We're like the opposite end of the spectrum. And, and there's a lot yeah, of cultures and- out there that aren't. They're more free about their sexual expressions. Kids can run around naked. Kids can explore like the they can talk. They can ask questions. They can as they get older, they can explore and 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 um, experiment with each other. And it's it's not only socially accepted, it's like. Like, oh, yeah, it, it happens. We don't talk about it. It's more like, no, it, it happens and we're OK with it. Um, our cultures. I, I yeah. want to give a, a huge, huge, huge shout out, actually, at this point to uh, a show that you've been on and, and uh, uh, the host of that show of Secular Sexuality with Christy Powell. On. There we go. Exactly. Exactly. And while we're advertising AC issues. <laughs> well, and I chose the t-shirt before I even knew what the topics were. So I've been wearing this all yeah. day and we chose the topics. I, like I, show, so I thought it was kind of fitting. Yeah, but but Christy is, is amazing. And it's, it's a show that I've been kind of, uh, I've been reluctant to go on because I'm, I'm kind of old school and I'm still learning a lot of stuff about sexuality and, and sexual exploration and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm an older guy. I've, I've grew up in a very kind of alpha male kind of city. And, and, and it's taken me a lot of time to kind of get this. And I'm not ashamed to mention it because, and that's another thing that's important in sex education to, to say, I don't know. Absolutely. And I'm willing yeah. to learn. Yeah. You know, and, and that's very, very important. But Christy Powell and, and the guests like you and our friend Nate Smith and, and other people who've, who've been on that show, really, really, and Tangil, of course, our mutual friend Tangil, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, very, very important to go. So I can only implore you to go and watch, catch up on some sex, secular sexuality. Because that's a great show for kind of bringing these subjects to the floor. For, for adult sexual education, them. yeah. I, I would be yeah. careful introducing it to your kids without listening to the episode first. A lot of the episodes um, my kids listen to, I have older kids. Most of them are teens. Um, I have two that are adults. So when I say I let my kids listen to it, I'm not letting five-year-olds listen to it. But um, some of the topics I won't expose them to myself because it's like that's something that like as a parent, I don't think that they need to to get into when it's specific kink plays and stuff like that. That's I don't think that that's my place to necessarily introduce those topics to them but certainly like um for adult education i think secular sexuality is right on it um and and i also think when we're talking about that in terms of like well then what can i expose my kids to there is a lot of age-appropriate sexual education stuff out there especially in the form of books 
I don't have any YouTube channels because the, the, the sex positive YouTube channels I listen to are, are more geared towards adults. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of stuff out there. And so I guess I just turned this into a commercial. I took your, you're turning it into a commercial for sex, secular sexuality. And now I'm turning it into a commercial for how can we gear that towards kids? Um, it's hard for some reason for parents to talk to kids about sex. Me being so open, I'm even a little bit uncomfortable with it, but there are things out there that help with the language. Um, that we, I think we have talked a little bit about younger kids and we've kind of touched on teenagers. Yeah. I think it's very important, as I've just alluded to, for and, and maybe even more so important, that sexual education is geared towards adults. And especially adults like me who have not had the opportunity to have that. And 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 yeah. especially in the roles of kind of and and I'm not suggesting, for example, that we're going to kind of change everybody's opinion overnight because that's not going to happen. Mm-mm. One thing that is exceptionally important is boundaries. And <laughs> yeah. that 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 relates to from young kids to people of my age and above to respect boundaries and to learn what the especially what the word no means yes yeah no I couldn't agree with you more we we touched very little on adult sexual education but there's two reasons why that is good one is we have a lot of dysfunctional adults out there or just adults that we just don't know we we, we were never educated on it we, we've learned everything on the fly um, our sexual education was this is what an STD looks at looks like so don't go have sex you know um, like just really poor education in school, followed by uh, blundering and figuring things out as we go. So it, it, it would fix a lot of the more I learn about sex, the healthier my, my life overall is. Right. Yeah. Because it really does. Yeah. It does impact everything. Um, and so I think that that learning about sex as adults just for the individuals is great. But it also trickles down to later generations. So you're right. If we're talking about sex education for children the more that adults know and the healthier their views towards sex are the more likely they are to to raise children with healthy ideas about sex and um so i think that that is a really really significant point and maybe that could be the one that we end on because i know that we're coming up towards the end of the show um if you didn't have anything else to add i I mean my my final thoughts on this are, are quite simple i've still got a lot to learn yeah and I think anybody, regardless of what age you are who's listening to this show, regardless of how much you think you know, can't go wrong from... Uh, and, and this is where scepticism jumps straight into it. Mm-hmm. Being willing to listen and being willing to learn and being willing to research. And when I say research, I don't mean watch a YouTube video. I mean, go and read <laughs> scientific yeah. papers, and 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 because there are some good papers out there on this stuff, and and listen to therapists and talk to therapists, and you know if you're in a, I, I've I've been very ma- happily married for a long time. If you're in a, a, a relationship like that, explore these things with your partner and talk to your partner, and if, you if if there's something you want to explore. Talk to them about it. Don't keep it like caged up inside of you. Yeah. Talk to your partner about what it is you'd like to explore and do those things together. If you're not in a relationship, if you're maybe younger or if you're single and you're 
these things you'd like to explore and you'd like to try, go out there and try it. Then you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Don't don't that and and consensually. I mentioned, this at the, consensually. I mentioned yeah. it at the start <laughs> of the show, and and I was going to end on it. Okay. The the word taboo is something that we we can sweep aside. Yeah. Because if if there's something that is legal and consensual that you you want to try, speak about it with your potential partners. Or if you have no potential partner, look at it yourself and explore it yourself with your Research own it, body. Yeah. It's your body. Yeah. It doesn't belong to any fucking God or any other external being. It's yours. And feel free to explore it as much as you want. And I'm going to leave the rest to Laura. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to do any really closing thoughts about sex itself. I talk a lot about sex in a lot of the shows that I do. Um, talked talked a lot about it here today. Um, but definitely like it's something to keep exploring. But what I want to talk about is continuing the conversation. So our shows, we can't really get into like the, the most detail. So this is a topic that has a lot of different ways you can go with it, especially as it concerns children. Like how much should we expose children to in terms of education or how much should children just be exposed to in terms of just what they see or hear around them, right? And so let's take this to the Facebook page. Um, if you're not already on the Facebook page, head over there and like it, follow us. Um, but let's get some conversation going. What are your thoughts, whether you have children or not? I, I'm not one of those Nazis that's like, if you don't have kids, you don't have an opinion, right? Um, your opinion's valid. So what are your thoughts on what we should teach kids, when we should teach them, how much exposure should they have to, to sexual ideas, concepts, exploration, all that kind of stuff? Um, do you think my assessment is correct about us being a very, very sex-obsessed, uptight culture that, that makes sex very difficult to access? Um, or good sexual education difficult to access. Um, what are your thoughts? Let's take it to the Facebook page and um, enjoy the conversation. Um, in the meantime, it's been fun. It's been a good conversation. I'm sad that Gil wasn't here to finish it out, but I'm, I'm glad that he was here in the beginning. Um, so let's keep it rolling. In the meantime, keep questioning. Interrogate your beliefs. And stay skeptical. Bye. See you soon. Mm-hmm.